Hello, listeners. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. There's some new, exciting things happening with the podcast. First, if you want to keep updated with new episodes and what we have coming up, make sure to find us on Facebook and like the page. You can also make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Second, we are in the middle of a fundraising drive. We are looking to expand our reach and add more resources for production so that we can keep bringing you interviews from around the city. This includes finding new people interested in conducting interviews in their neighborhoods, but we need the financial support of the community members like you. To donate to the podcast, go to paypal.me backslash faces of GP. That's faces of GP. I'm so proud to be bringing value to my community with educational and informative information to my neighbors in the city, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support. Today, my guest is Dwayne Strawn, Director of the Parks, Arts, and Recreation Department of Grand Prairie. Dwayne talks to me today about his background as a landscape architect and how that fits into planning for a city. We talk about the unique vision of the Grand Prairie Parks, Arts, and Recreation Department compared to other cities and the city's innovative attitude towards progress. We also discuss some of the things in the works and how people can get more involved to have a voice in their local government. It was a pleasure getting to know him better during this conversation. And now here's Dwayne Strong. administration building and uh, probably about eight years ago we were getting really in more into the art side and so we actually changed it uh, to the parks arts and recreation oh. and uh, and then with Rick Harold you know Rick Harold came in uh, early 2000s and is, is one of the top parks directors not only in the state but in the nation and a huge visionary and uh, when he retired um, you know, he, he just, there was just so much legacy that he left behind that both the, the mayor and the city manager really wanted to do something real special. And so we actually named, it's still the, the, the Park Administration Building, but it's the Rick Harold Administration Building. And just for everyone, he is still alive. <laughs> well, no, no, he's, he's, he's alive and kicking. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's just uh, was appointed to the, the Playground Adventures Board which was one of his projects that's near and dear to him. So uh, he, he's jumping in with both feet too. That is amazing. I, I didn't even uh, know that that had happened, but he did make a point, I think, at his renaming to say, this usually is reserved for people that pass. And for me to still be alive and still get to see it is pretty cool, so. Well, that, that's true. And you know, we, a, a lot of times we're joking about the, you know, the, 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 the Genepi Corps Memorial you know, Bridge. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times you don't, you don't you don't get to see that, and you know, and there's a lot of reasons that you don't. I mean, you know, laws are written for people who break it, not for those who, who, who follow the, the, the rules. But you know, it is nice to see something that's named after you while you can still enjoy it. Because I agree. Not only you know your family can afterwards, but it's an honor you. So yeah, I think it was very cool that we we're able to do that for him. Yeah, I completely agree. So how did you get to be here? Where does your career lead you to this place? Oh, well, yeah, it's been that far we want to go back. Uh, well, go back to tech because I think we were kind of talking a little bit. You have a landscape architecture degree. That's correct. So maybe go back to that. Like what led you into doing, getting that degree to start with? Okay, well, I still, I, when I got out of high school, I started uh, at a junior college, South Plains College in Loveland. In, in that mechanical engineering. My, my, I knew my brain works that direction. I like to solve uh, problems. And so I, I was very analytic. I could see things in my, in my head. So let's, engineers make a lot of money, so let's do that. And so I, I was three or four semesters there, and, and I was doing okay, but you know, I was good in math, but you really, in engineering, you have to love it. Yeah, love, love, love math, because you're doing it day in, day out. And so I, I was taking some summer courses at Tech, and there's a huge courtyard, in a, called Holden Hall, and I was there for poli-sci or a government, and I was in there studying, 
and in this courtyard, it's multiple levels, and I just, you know, that was fascinating to me, and it was field design, and so I looked it up, and uh, one, I didn't want to go through um, chemistry, there was something I, I didn't want to go through, and I had all the math that I needed, and I'm like, well, heck, this time to jump, so I, I changed, I changed the majors, and just, you know, I, I fell in love with landscape architecture, and uh, when, when I got out, you know, I still knew that, that um, I didn't think I wanted to be in the design studio, just doing that. I didn't have a clue what I wanted. Uh, but we, uh, me and my wife, moved to, to Delaware. That was, you know, back in the late 80s, landscape architecture wasn't um, a booming right then. And so there was a, there's three jobs that were open. There was one with the Parks Department in New York City. And it's like, no. <laughs> uh, and then there was one in uh, South Carolina, which I was very excited about when I called, they just filled that one. And then the other one was in uh, uh, Ocean View, Delaware. And it's like, okay, well, let's move there. Found out there were like three uh, LAs from tech that were a year ahead of me that were already there. So it's like, oh. whatever. So we, we loved that. And, and I enjoyed it, uh, learned a lot there, but you know, there was still something, you know, I, I loved what I was doing, but I was, I was missing something. And we were starving. And I missed, I missed uh, family, and I was like, look, if we're going to start, let's go back to Texas, and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll start with family while we're looking. And so I got back, and, and you know, I, I jumped into an irrigation company uh, that was, you know, so I'm still kind of doing some stuff in landscape architecture, but my, my, uh, my L.A. future was looking a little bleak because there still wasn't a lot out there. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, maybe I need to go to a, a different direction and then uh, the um, the city of, Ar of Amarillo opened up oh and they were looking for a, uh, a landscape architect um, they called it the resource manager and it's like okay I could do that and I you know even in school we didn't do much with parks departments or city ups and it was like hey if they're willing to you know Amarillo's just two hours away because my wife is from the Panhandle which is like mm -hmm. an hour North of Amarillo, so let's do that. So, is it mostly like, or like working for businesses or developers or like who like back then? Who was a big industry to be doing landscape architecture for? Well, so in in the big firms, the 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 like CDOs mm -hmm. would go to to the firm and do their landscape. Or they do their park planning, their all their design. So they were they're in in the corporation. Not as much in the bigger firms, not as much residential as it is commercial. Mm -hmm. Just big land planning, uh, and, and you know some of the landscape architecture is plants, but a big chunk of landscape architecture is just land planning, uh, and, and and how the flow of of you know things are going. You you work closely with the civil and the architecture. So even like runoff and like all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, interesting. Grading, grading and drainage. It's all. All kinds of it, which you know, I, I really I enjoyed that. I ate that up, uh, and it's like, well, let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you know, I, I went up there and interviewed and, and, and got the job. So we moved down there, and it wasn't long before it's like, oh, I really like this because not only was was uh, I over our capital improvement project, our park project, but uh, I, I was over the aquatics, the recreation, athletics, um, and, uh, and and so I was. I like that interaction. I like that that public service. So it's like, okay, I, I've kind of figured out my niche now. Mm -hmm. I still get to do landscape architecture, but I get that other side mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm managing people, and it's not just projects. It's it's the whole other side of public service that I really like. And so jumped into that, and I was assistant director there um, for 12 years, and then I had worked with Rick um, on the state organization. It's traps. Uh, on a couple of things, and, and, and he was he was crazy, and it's you know. And so I was looking. <laughs> we just got back from a traps board meeting, and uh, we kind of got reprimanded by our, our executive on okay, y'all just y'all wanted this this uh, this answer board, but y'all as a board, you're not going on this board on this this page to answer what people are asking. Y'all got to do that. So when I got home, I did that, and I just happened to jump over on the job link and and. Grand Prairie had a job opening uh, for a landscape architect uh, under Rick, and it's like, oh, you know. And, and what I, what I really loved about the Metroplex is Amarillo was, was very very conservative, still are, and we, we they wouldn't allow us to hire any consultants. 
Um, and so it was, it, I hired another landscape architect and, and we did all of our in-house design. So that it, went, it went slower, but you also get, you kind of get inbred on, mm -hmm. your, on your ideas. And unfortunately, a lot of the smaller cities were coming to us for, for the ideas. And it's like, you know, where when you look at the Metroplex, it's nothing to go and, and talk with 10 of your colleagues and say, hey, do you mind, can we come by and look at this building at this point? Like, come on, come on, come on. And you mean from city to city? Yeah, from yeah. city to city. And, and, and everybody's completely open to say, this works well, okay, don't do this. This didn't work well at all. Mm. Uh, and, and, then, and, and you just, there's such a, 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 a value in hearing someone else's um, uh, do's and don'ts that it helps you on your project because nobody is, is, is creating anything from, from scratch. Right. You're, you're, learning, you're learning what everybody else is doing and, and how to do it better, and we're all on the same page. And, and I could see that you know, from, from the organization that I was in uh, how cool that was, and Emerald just wasn't that way. And so the opportunity to come to, to Grand Prairie and work with uh, somebody of the caliber of Rick Harold is like, hey, so I, I, he flew me down here, we interviewed, an all day interview, all day interview. And uh, the best part of that interview is he took me to the, the racetrack. Oh, for, yeah. For lunch. And so I'm, I'm in a suit and I'm, I'm talking to this, this professional, he's asking me these questions. And I'm trying to listen and, and you know formulate the very best answer that I can. <laughs> and all these people are screaming and hollering and going crazy because it's, it's race season. And, and it's just they're just and all around me. It's like I don't know if it was a test, you know, but I'm trying to focus and everybody's yelling. And, and I've never been in a racetrack before, mm. so this is the first one. <laughs> so, but at the end, you know, we, I, I get the job and move down here, and then it was um, it was just it, you hit the ground from zero to hundred. And, wow! Uh, I thought I was moving fast in Amarillo, and, and, uh, and nowhere close. Really? To the way that Rick Harrell, you know, runs. Right. Yeah. He. Uh, so, what year was that when you came over here? Uh, ninety. Um, Two thousand six. Oh, so it's been like a, yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, about fourteen years. And you stayed as a landscape architect until you got promoted. Well, so still landscape architect. Uh -huh. in LA, but but my job duties over here was just assistant director um, uh, and there he was looking for a number two mm -hmm. and because uh, we had a park planner already um, and Rick actually kept kept the uh, park planning department under him uh, while I took I took um, you know the, 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 the lake parks and park maintenance uh, and, and those under my wing and, and, uh, and all special events. So with the parks department and you know, since I'm doing, I'm trying to do as much of a civics education to people that live in this city as I can. So, what is under the parks and recreation umbrella in the city government? Like, what are what are what are y'all in charge of? Well, so we're we're pretty diverse, uh, maybe more diverse than a lot of a lot of cities. But the basic things, which which is our park system, mm -hmm. uh, our recreation. Uh, system those are real basic with the pools and all that but Grand Prairie goes a step further and we have the cemetery uh, we have oh. a conference center um, and, and and so basically you know we'll, we'll put you in a class you know right after you're born and and we we have public service all the way up until till the time you leave the earth and now we have a place in Grand Prairie in our system that uh, we you know, that we can we can uh, you know put you for eternity wow that's interesting so that is that how you kind of structure the needs of what a city needs is like how much do demographics play into like how you plan for how things are going to grow and that well, might be a really complicated question it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of it is is just the needs you're, you're correct and and the vision of the city um some some cities wouldn't want to get involved in in cemeteries mm. uh some cities would want to get involved in in um, you know uh, an indoor water park some people are going to get involved in a, in a lake parks system because there's a, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into that to run it. But what 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 the nice thing about Grand Prairie is they look at, and this this is from the mayor all the way you know down to, to our, our entry level workers, is everybody is in it for what's best for our citizens. Mm -hmm. And you know the, you know, we are a, a critical part of the city because we provide the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to have great roads. Another thing to have running water and sewer and all those necessary things, but with that quality of life, is do people stay here or do they 
they live in Arlington and drive in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's bad. So, so we our our part, you know, when you look at the central employees, is across the board. You know, we saw uh, throughout the nation how critical and essential the park system is, because our park system was has never in 2020 has never been busier. Mm. The, the golf courses, you know, we, we, we projected them to take a loss. Our lake parks, we projected them to take a loss. And, and we were completely blown away by people need, they, they had to get out of the house. They were locked up, but they had to get out of the house. And so they, 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 they went out and they used our trails. They used our playgrounds. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they used the open spaces uh, for picnics. They, they completely blew up the lake parks. If I'm going to, if I'm lucky enough to have an RV, I might as well stay at the lake mm-hmm. and quarantine than stay at my house. And so the the, the, reg- the uh, reservations went through the roof. Wow. Our, our day use was limited only because we had to, to quantify how many people could be in there. Mm-hmm. But, but we were consistently sold out on our lake park um, camping sites. Uh, even on our, our holidays, the holidays, um, we had to cap the holidays for everybody's benefit and safety, um, and um, you know, and then we, we started turning people away. Uh, on the very first Easter, we had we had to block off a lot of the the um, parking lots in area parks, mm. so to limit. So you can walk in. I can't keep you from doing that, but we can't have everybody driving in. Right. So that, that just meant everybody wanted to go do something. We we had to put things in place to limit that. So it's that quality of life that after I, you know, I work my eight or 10 hours a day, I'm tired, um, I'm stressed out, I need some place to go. Even if I wanna go walk a trail or go ride a bike or go out to the lake, walk the trails, go fishing, just take my boat out, whatever it is, I want to do that and give me some place nice to do that. Um, and it just, it all goes back to the quality of life. Wow, so like if the city was not if, if y'all weren't going to do the lakes and all that, who would be in charge of that normally? It'd all be private. It'd all be private. So if, if there's a need out there, somebody somebody will pick that up. Uh, and, and we try not to compete as much as possible with the private industry. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do. But in some areas, we, we do we do uh, get close and we, we compete. I mean, I take the Epic, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Epic is an immense, amazing workout facility on, on half of it. And, and we do compete against against other things but you know that's that's a, that was one area where the rec centers all have that component they all have a pool component mm-hmm. you know they all have a back so they all have that gym but you know th- this is uh, the epic is a little different than our other rec centers in the, the, the amount of workout facilities mm-hmm. uh, but when you look at the, the industry uh, just, let's just start DFW is that's the trend in in most cities that are building new rec centers is they incorporate a large aquatic mm-hmm. and a large workout facility because that's what their that's what their citizens are, are, are asking for. Right. When I, I lived in Plano for a couple short years and um, I think it was Plano that I was in, uh, they had the indoor uh, facility. So when we were talking about Epic, when it was coming along, even Epic Waters, I had no idea what it was going to actually look like. And that was astonishing because I thought that the Plano Center was nice, and it is, but it's nothing compared to that. So it's like, you know, to get people on board with that type of vision, is that hard to do when it comes to planning for something of that size and sheer scope? Because that whole area over there is, it's not just Epic Waters, it's the whole planned unit. So, I mean, do y'all get a lot of, Pushback against that, or how does that work with communicating? No, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, back in the, I don't know if it was '99 or 2000, is you know, Mr. Hart had just been been hired, and he just a few years later he brought on Rick. Um, and both of those are visionaries. Both of them are big picture, big picture people, and they they were able to sell the citizens of Grand Prairie on a quarter sales tax. So the citizens voted, and that's in perpetuity, the citizens voted a coercion sales tax to better the parks department. And so in 2000, 2001, we had this huge bond election um, and, and spent a lot of money to 
completely revamped almost the entire parks department. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all, all the new parks, redoing parks, and of course that's been 20 years ago. Um, but since then, uh, when we went back, uh, I think our next one was the summit. Uh, when we went and we wanted to do the summit, um, it was a bond reduction, and it was it was overwhelmingly yes, uh, because we had we had proved that if if you give us this is we, we don't take this money for granted. Mm -hmm. We try to be good stewards. If you if you'll give this money, this is what we'll do, and this is how it will positively impact you and Grand Prairie. Mm -hmm. And so we did that, and then and then the next one was I think the the, uh, the ballpark, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that one was you know, and then it, then we jumped over to Epic, Epic Waters Playground was involved, and every time that we have gone to the to the voters, uh, one we've built trust over 20 years, we've built trust. Uh, if we try to do Epic Epic Waters. Back in 2000, without any trust, I think that would have been a harder, mm -hmm. a harder. But but they did, they did, uh, you know, give us the nod back then, and and so we we work, you know, every day to make sure that we're giving the citizens everything that, that they deserve to mm -hmm. get, um, and, and to continue that trust because if we ever lose that trust, then next time we, we want to go to to uh, to them for for some money, for something new and, and, and improved. That might be a tough, mm -hmm. tough deal, and and also you know, I think we've proved to them that it's a it's a go big or go home mm -hmm. everything we do, and the wow factor is in is in everything that we design. If it's not like when we were building the epic, I don't know how many it was, you know, 48, 49 epic encounters because we met with everybody on what do you want? We wanted mm -hmm. we wanted your thumbprint on that, and and consistently between us and the consultant is. Is it, uh, it, well, I don't know, is that epic enough? And if, if the answer was no, it's like, okay, uh, up your game. You know? But it was, it, it was and, and the council is 100% on board with go big or go home. And, and but now, the, now the, um, the, the citizens are too. If you look at our special events, whether it's Prairie Lights, whether it's Main Street Fest, is we don't, we don't halfway do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I mean, that's just not what we do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fantastic, Venue, it's a fantastic event, or or we don't. Our citizens deserve more. We just don't. We don't do it. Right. So, is the Parks and Recreation part of the city the biggest or the largest in terms of its size or its scope of what we're it's probably, in charge of? We're probably tied for <clears throat> third. I, I think PD and Public Works. Oh, okay. Are, are there just to, you know? But yeah, we, we we're a big department. So, when it comes to the parks. The parks board. So, talk about the difference between a park board and the parks and recreation for the city, the employees, and what you guys do. Because I think there's a difference. There is. Yeah. So, talk about that a little bit. So, the parks board is a, they're they're a recommending body, uh, and e each one of the board members is appointed by a councilman uh, for you know from their district, and uh, which includes the mayor. That's it. Yep. yep. And, and so you know we have we have nine members, and. Um, and, and we we have monthly meetings with them. Uh, they they don't get deep. They're, they're not a policy. They're just recommendations. Uh, they just they, they like to be involved in and be advocates. Uh, where you know, we bring something to them, they vote on it, and then that goes on to council. Like like the name of the building, um, you know, had to go through them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so once they recommend it, then we send that over to to, um, to city council for them to. To do, but they're highly engaged in in you know our master plans, uh, really our events, everything that, that we do. They they show up for volunteering. Uh, they they help us. Uh, like we we're, we're doing a couple of master plans. One for Lloyd, one for um, Me Familia Park, mm -hmm. and we run that past them. What is that? Me Familia Park. I've never heard that. Well, it, it's the old Mountain Creek Lake Park. Oh. And okay. When, when when it was transferred from the city of Dallas to the city of Grand Prairie, we changed the name to Me Familia, uh, my family, uh -huh. Park, um, and we're going through a master plan process there. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And so so the, the, all the the neighbor the neighbors of that park, everybody in that district, those there's a couple of precincts right there. Uh, you know, the, we're we'll have another public meeting mid 
make mm -hmm. to show them where we've come. The first one was tell us what you want. There were surveys, and so we, we heard what they asked for. But Park Board, it gets just as involved. They, they ask questions and, and they help guide. Uh, you know, staff staff is we're very good at what we what we do, um, but we always need extra eyes and extra viewpoints. And so, you know, we, we'll take those comments and we'll, we'll implement them. And, and then all that, once it's approved, then it goes over to council. And uh, council looks at, at uh, you know, did, did Park Board approve this? Yeah. And then that gives them uh, a, a lot more confidence that, you know, someone that I appointed looked at it, they liked it. And so I feel a lot better about approving it also. Yeah, that, I, I you know, I talk a lot about parks, I mean, uh, uh, boards and commissions for the city. And making sure that people know that they exist and you know I mean my dad is a park board member for a long time and um, I know how much fun park board you know it is it's a lot of fun to be on but there's a lot of parks and commission I mean uh, boards and commissions for the city and I feel like that is such a great way for people to understand how their city government works and then also to have a voice but then also to be um, advocates in the community for okay, this is why we need this, this is what we're doing with it, and have those understanding that a lot of maybe, because the city government, you guys can't go around telling, talking to every single person, right. but, but boards and commissions can do that really, really well. Absolutely. And so, I, you know, that's, I always plug those as much as I possibly can, um, and especially to be a part of the ones that don't have a whole lot of involvement or engagement um, that are maybe a little bit more involved from a time perspective or something like that um but park board is a lot of fun you get to go do it a is. lot of fun and, stuff. You know, uh, uh, councilman gessner greg gessner mm -hmm. when i got here he was on the park board and then, oh. and then he he you know he he uh transferred and went uh one step higher as city council um but you, you see that a lot it mm -hmm. is is those that are actively minded that they want to be involved is one i mean you know you got P and Z, mm -hmm. you know, you got you got all those boards that, you know, and then you mm -hmm. got park board, you know, who who, who would want to be on park? Board? I mean, and, and you get to go to fun stuff. People like your dad. Uh, he, he still he still stays in contact. Uh -huh. Once once a park board member, you're always a park member. You, you know, you don't have a seat at the table anymore. But that's still in your heart. Yeah. And so, as a voting member. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. so yeah. And, and so uh, yeah. So who who would want to be on the park board? But it is. Yeah, and it, it's it's fun, but it's 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 involved. Uh, we require a lot of passion from you. We require a lot of, of um, time, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, we 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 invite you to every one of our eight hundred uh, special events pre COVID. We're, we're trying to get back there, mm -hmm. um, and, and and our park board um, meetings go, you know, two hours plus sometimes. But there's there's a lot of information. Each one of them gives a, a you know. You know, our, our staff sends them their updates, whether it's for rec or athletics or, or the lake or whatever, and they give their, they're, they're involved in it and ask lots of questions, and they give their reports. And so, you know, it brings everybody up to speed. Everybody knows where we're at, lots of questions and answer. But uh, very passionate, um, and, and uh, they, they all dive in with both feet, and, and it's, it's, a great, it's a great board. It is, it is. It's, I, I think that um, the involvement of the city in this particular city is, is very special. I think that people really are engaged and they really want to know. So um, kind of talking about like the parks and recreation system as a whole, we know that, you know, something they're starting to talk a lot more about lately is the importance of vitamin D, the importance of being outside and what that does for our immune systems. And, you know, do you feel like having those parks and all that, I mean, how much do you think that helps people overcome something like a COVID situation. I mean, you talked a lot about people camping and you talked a lot about that. I mean, just from a mental health perspective, it, it would seem to me like having a really healthy parks and recreation system in a city is vitally important. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I was going to jump straight to the mental capacity. Not, not only is vitamin D huge, but even if, let's assume you don't pay attention to what vitamin D does, mm -hmm. uh, just to walk outside, mm -hmm. to, to get out of a dark house, um, hopefully you got lots of windows that you if you got to stay in there, but just to walk outside. Uh, point in case, uh, my son got COVID. We we just it, like in March, last March, it just hit, and uh, we we were dodging everybody. And, and my son was going to UTA, uh, and he got COVID, mm. and uh, we all had to quarantine. Yeah. 
And so, you know, he was sequestered at the back of the house. We had the plastic and we'd feed him, you know, through a little <laughs> slit. Yeah, and he wasn't able to interact at all. And um, after, after what, it, 10 days, um, uh, we, we, we let him out and he went and got tested and uh, he was gonna go to his girlfriend's afterwards. And he called me and, and he was he was just <coughs> devastated because he tested positive. Again. Oh no. And he said, well, he said, uh, I'm gonna drive around for three or four hours and I'll be home. And so he got home and uh, he, we, we all moved and he went back to his room. But then we started letting him have, it was like a prison. He'd get an hour, <laughs> yard time. So, you know, we, he, he, he'd you know, walk through the house, he'd go outside and just lay on the trampoline. Yeah. Just to be outside. And it just, it just did just tons for his mental capacity. Yeah. Just being outside and, and to walk in nature, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much to understand how much I feel better. Yeah. Just out walking to get out of whatever you're at and use our amazing trail system. Uh, go sit at the lake, whatever. Just go sit at the park, just to get out and because and, nature has an amazing way of calming things down. Oh yeah. And and, and kind of bringing the peace and, and letting you you kind of decompress because uh, you're gonna have to go back sooner or later. But being outside and it, and so you have to have an amazing park system. It all goes back to that quality of life. Mm -hmm. If if you don't have a park system to as a as a backup or as a support then you know, we're not doing our job. Yeah, and we were, my daughter and I were at a playground the other day and we got to go um, be just there with other people. And so you're seeing kids run around and you're seeing them play together and you're seeing them laugh. And there's something that that does for your whole way, outlook on life, right. like your perspective. It's just like, okay, things will be fine. Things are gonna be okay. The, these kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna be all right. And so. You know, it's, it's just so important to have that. And I think, um, you know, just, just in a, just not the isolation, just to be around other people. We have a lot of opportunities for that. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about is we've got summer coming up. And I know that for the last year, I would I think that the classes and some of the things that y'all offer have kind of had to take a back burner. But um, for the summer, you guys have a lot of programs for the school kids. Um, that's something that I was on the Housing and Community Improvement Commission, right. and we would hear um, how can we put some of those federal grant dollars to use, and we would always have somebody come in from one of the rec centers and you know asking for for money um, because that those summer programs feed kids and sure. things. So what are y'all doing this year for oh, that? We're back. You are okay. Now it's a, it's a limited capacity, but it, it's 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 pre-COVID. Uh, just in a smaller capacity mm -hmm. and, and and hopefully by the end of the summer we'll keep creeping up but uh, we're, we're, we still got the real program going on we still have our summer camps uh, we still have um, in our summer camps we still have our our uh, field trips uh, where you're, you're actually putting them on a bus and you're going somewhere so now we have to you know we have to modify what bus we're taking and where we're going uh, like we, we've got a, a deal working with with one of the movie theaters that you know that theater will be just for our kids mm -hmm. so they can all spread out and so it's just it, it is trying to get back to normal yeah and so we we are you know we're open every 30 days we have a we have a, a, a matrix every 30 days based on the numbers and the, the state mandates and the county mandates every we're opening up a little bit more a little bit more and uh and trying to get back to to our pre-covid hair on fire blowing and going everybody's stressed <clears> out because there's so much going on and we just miss those days because uh, yeah. you know as as a public servant you know especially the parks department is 100% of what we do is is you know, is for our citizens mm -hmm. you know it, you know there's I can't think of anything that we don't do that doesn't impact our citizens directly because if we don't do it it doesn't get done and, and the citizens don't have that ability so uh, that that's that's beneficial for taxpayers mm -hmm. is having those things some things are free some things are paid but it's that it's that park system it's that quality of life system that i can tap into at any time to help me with with my day-to-day -day insanity yeah and i'm sitting here as i'm talking to you and i was talking about being outside like this pollen is like killing me lately so it's like being outside I'm like well I guess it's spring back in Texas we're outside because like I'm sitting over here sniffling and um, but it's nice to have you know it, 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 it we definitely have to have 
all what you just said. And um, one thing I wanted to go back to is traps. What is traps? So uh, our our every organization, every profession has has an organization. Every profession has an organization. Our our national is called the, the NRPA, National Parks and Recreation uh, Society. So NRPA, and then each state has their own. And so TRAPS is the Texas Recreation and Park Society. And, and that's what, um, you know, like everybody in, a, in our industry need to give back. And so that is a, that's the ability to give back to your profession where you can sit on the board, you can sit on a committee and, and help the state of Texas uh, provide uh, support and question answer uh, materials, education for parks department, uh, as well as the national does also. And so, uh, I was on the the, uh, the traps board when I was in, in um, Amarillo uh, for our region. I was the regional director, and then when when, when I moved here, uh, you know, I just I just got so involved. But you know, like Erin, who's my assistant director, uh -huh. she is is our president for for traps. She's the youngest president that we've ever had, and to be to be president of a of a state organization the size of Texas uh -huh. is pretty impressive, and, and it, it does shine the spotlight. On Texas, uh, on Grand Prairie, but what what that does is at any time we can either call our North Texas colleagues, or we can tap into the the Traps uh, website or their their uh, uh, phone bank to ask questions like, is anybody opening up swim swimming pools yet? Right. Is it, is, has anybody opened their senior centers yet? Has what are you doing with basketball? You're like on basketball. Outlook, we physically had to remove the basketball rim because people were going out yeah. there. And, and the bad thing is, is the neighbors are calling. There's, there's, you know, 16 kids playing. Mm -hmm. Well, who has to do that? Police or code? <clears throat> and, and the police don't want to be put in in that line. Line is it's tough enough anyway. Right. So we had to remove them. Um, it, it, it's, it's those kind of things where we were, you know, for the past 12 months, everybody was making it up as we went statewide, right. and so we were learning. And anytime we we presented something across the street on, here's what we're going to do with pools, <coughs> here's our recommendation, and here's why, it was North Texas, uh, this percentage of the pools are opening across the the, the the North Texas, this percentage is staying closed, um, nobody is opening the senior side yet, um, and, and you know across the street at city manager's office, nobody wants to be the first, we don't want to be last. We want to kind of fall in that, okay, what's the trend? Okay, everybody is opening up there, so okay, we're, we're ready to go. And we don't want to be guinea pigs, but we also want to drag, you know, drag the tail end up, you know, as the last one to do something. Well, and you made a good point, like with kids playing basketball, that's a great example. You know, we're seeing that kids that are bored and kids that don't have any way to go out and use their energy effectively will use it in other ways. And, you know, especially with kids, we've all, yes. And especially with kids right now, you know, their mental health is really affected by all this and by not being able to go out and be around each other. Um, taking down a, a basketball goal might seem like a small thing and it's, a, it's an answer to a problem, you know, at the time when you didn't know any better. But I bet that broke y'all's heart. <laughs> it, 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 it did. And what made it worse is you could drive by and they were making up games. That the, is so fascinating. They still have the basketball. Uh -huh. They were making up games on what to do without a hoop. Well, when I would drive by the, play, the playground, there the park would be locked, but then right next to it in the in the field, there'd be kids playing, and I'm like, this seems so weird. Like, what? Yeah. And, and to be serious, is there were there were parents that would let their kids over the fence and sneak through. <laughs> It's locked. It's sandlocked. And that was hard because uh, when when we opened Playgrand, uh, grand opening, uh, BJ Nichols, who's the, who's the park board chairman, and I were standing there, and and I, don't, I can't believe which one of us got emotional, but yeah, you know, we were, we were looking and watching. It was it was just crawling with with adults and kids. Mm -hmm. And and one of the beauties about Playgrand is you feel you feel comfortable. Getting on any as an adult, getting on yeah. any play thing with the kids, and other other parks, it's like no, it's really for kids. I was thinking that exact same thing when I was swinging because I was swinging. And I was like, normally this would be pumping, like I felt like I was gonna tip it over, yeah. but in playground, never, not once. And, and so <laughs> we're sitting there and, and we're watching these adults play with kids, 
Uh, and, and it was like, you know, we work like what the vision is five years old plus and the last two years have been insane uh, with the vision and the drawings and, and the drawing going back to the drawing board and, and to see it built and, and the, these kids, you know, it, it was just, you could see it and it's like, so this is, this is why we do this. Yeah. This is why we do this is to see the kids that are happy and, and whatever happens at home is this is, this is the one place they can let loose, whether you're, you, you have a disability or you don't, you can let loose, enjoy yourself. There's no, there's no worries. There's no stress. It's just, it gives you a place to take a, a quick time out and enjoy yourself. And, 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 and it, it's those, those type of laughter that it is, it's like, this is why we do what we do. hundred percent agree. Every time I go over there, I'm always struck kind of emotionally because there are so many kids and are so many people playing at the same time. And that whole area is not even finished yet. No. You guys have what, two more phases? Well, probably depends on how you do it, seven or eight more phases. Wow. So each one of you know, the little pods. Um, but we're you know, we're not we're not even halfway through. Wow. We we did a big chunk the first time with all the you know but uh, you know, we, we have more more uh, more phases to come. And so, you know, we, when this thing is finished, you know, it'd be you know, ten or twelve acres, it, it, it's just that's that's yeah and and you know like a lot of the park system is they're, they're not income producing you know you have these things that are needing to be maintained but they're not producing income yeah. so you guys have income producing properties in the parks and rec department right. is that pretty abnormal to like a normal uh, parks no I mean they're off they're called an enterprise fund which means that they don't get tax dollars uh, and so like uh, the cemetery the Ruth e. Jackson Center, which is our conference center. You mean ongoing tax dollars? Ongoing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to be built, they have them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And, 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 but operating is, you know, now there's we, we will we will subsidize or invest reinvest if you can't if you can't make make your budget because all of our venues uh, are meant to, to, to serve our citizens and you don't want to price yourself out, but they do have to make 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 the revenue. Uh, Lake Parks um, is, is a prime example is they get zero tax dollars. They, they don't even get a reinvestment of something if they have a bad year. So everything at Lake Parks um, is uh, revenue uh, uh, fee driven. Wow. So if we, if we have a great year uh, and we hit all our holidays and we have good weather, then we pay all our bills and we, have, we operate in the black, but that money gets reinvested in the parks. If we have a, a bad year, is we do have reserves, um, but if we have a bad year, then that that unfortunately, the way that scenario is, is there there could be either we don't put anything back in the park, or if it's bad, it, it could affect affect people's um, livelihood. Mm. So those kind of things, are, and that, that's the only one like that that's different. Everything else has has investment. Golf, mm. golf is the same way. They they produce revenue, but you know in in a bad year. We'll, is that what like so a municipal golf course is owned by the city? Yes. Yeah, and how many do we have? We have two. We have two. Yep. So Fangle Ridge is is an eighteen hole and it, it's out down by the lake. Mm -hmm. uh, Prairie Lakes is a is a, uh, a twenty seven hole, mm -hmm. uh, but both of them are municipal courses. That's interesting. And you know, like I would imagine, and this is something I've talked about with other people before as well. Grim Prairie is such a long city in terms of ge geographically and how it's uh, situated. Um, so how much are y'all constantly developing that's not already developed in terms of land? Like you as a landscape architect. So you, when we annex land, like how much is constantly being worked on? Well, so in, in the parks system, you know, there's, there's a lot of property. And when you look at our park system is we don't have any prime high developable areas. Mm. Everything that parks gets is down in the floodways and where the creek is that are. right oh yeah yeah, huh. yeah. When, when, when you look at our our, our consistently across but and, and that's that's nationwide is if the developer can't build on it it's a great park <laughs> yeah. but with, yeah, and, and with that in mind though is you have you know, you have let's say it is a floodplain so there's water there somewhere and which means there's, there's creek and there's trees and and it's a fantastic place to put trails it limits it limits your the, the use of it like at 
at this ballpark, you know, we have uh, softball on one side of Third Street and then uh, baseball on the other. And when we get the, a hard, fast rain, th those fields go underwater. And we've had flood damage, and but a, a lot of cities, you know, that, that's what they're getting. Prairie and, Lakes is the same way. Yep. Right? Yep. yep. Uh, so it is, and hopefully it goes back down, but you know, in 2015, uh, the lake was under 16 feet of water for three months. Sheesh. That was May, June, and July. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's our prime season. But the Army Corps, uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers will tell you this is flood control first, water source second, and recreation is way down. Long. Right, right. You know, that's a really good point, and um, this is something I've heard a couple people say when it comes to uh, grading and, and flooding and all that. You know, when it comes to developing and, and development, how, and, and if you have those issues with like, how it affects the neighborhoods and all that stuff, how much time and co how complicated is that to like plan out? You know, it, does that make sense? Yeah, question? Well, but, but a lot of that is, 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 is fun and, and that, you know, that, that's kind of what we did, especially mm -hmm. landscape architects. Uh, because, you know, let's, let's just say a big developer comes in and he has this huge chunk of land and, and you know there's going to be some low-lying area that he can't develop. Mm -hmm. But that's also, that's also a prime spot for at least the nature side of parks. Um, and, and so that, that's when that makes the most sense. And then issue, now you're back to your problem solving where you, you look at, at, at the grades, what the floodplain looks like. Is there, <coughs> there any, you know, wetlands that you have to work around? And how do I get, because uh, everything has to be ADA compliant, how do I get parking lots and a, a trail system down through this area and be ADA compliant? So it becomes a, it, it's just, I mean, that's a fun process. It's, that's, and it's a process that a lot of people don't know much about. You, you said wetlands. Yes. There's a lot of things that, go that are involved in something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, um, there was one time I was working for um, uh, an oil and gas company, and we helped people to, if a developer or anybody wanted to go in and build some type of infrastructure or whatever, there was a certain amount of pollution, you had to do an environmental impact study and like all these things about what that development would do to the environment. Part of that was making sure that it wasn't um, affecting wetlands, there wasn't any endangered species. I mean, that is an expensive process. It is. And when you have a developer come in, that is a process that they take over a lot of the funding for, correct? Yes. When you have a development. Which is one of the reasons why cities want development because the cities would have to do that otherwise. Well, and that's also when when the developer comes in, he'll circle all those problem areas. Uh -huh. So I'm going to donate this to the city for parkland. Oh. And so he doesn't have to really deal with it. He does have to deal with how his stormwater gets to that area. And that's where the detention basins and all that comes from. But predominantly, they're not, they don't they don't want to mess with the federal 404 wetlands. They don't want to mess with floodplains. That's that because now they get yeah. It benefits them to, to donate that to the city. We get some some really cool parkland. It just comes with a lot of lot of issues and a lot of management problems that we have to deal with. And I would imagine that I mean every city's going to have its own unique issue with that because of just the topography that sure. you have. But um, and also developers come in and take care of a lot of the infrastructure. The, the roads and the plumbing and you know talk about that a little bit like the complicated nature of that in a city well so you know, without 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 roads there is there's no reason for a park mm -hmm. and so for a developer to come in and and understand okay at the end of this th there is there is a profit margin for me mm -hmm. I've got to put up this much money to get there but with that it is is you are putting in a really good good infrastructure um, uh, system uh, so that the the new park can be accessible and it now it can function, and 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 then that that's where all the, the, the homes come from and the the, uh, the densities, which is more and more reason for more and bigger parks. Yeah, so that's a, that's a yeah that that's why not everybody is a developer because it's a it, it's it's a it's a time hog it's it's complicated and there's a lot of money involved. A lot of money at stake. There is, yeah, and I think that it's it's something that a lot of people don't give it enough credit for how, how complicated it actually yeah. is. Um, and you know, even from a development standpoint, about like bringing in grocery stores, bringing in you know different types of like commerce, 
it's not as easy as people think no. because it's really, you have to, there's so many things that, that go into that. And that's one of the reasons I always encourage, I'm like, get to know your parks, your boards and commissions yeah. because especially your planning and zoning, because you could learn a lot just from that process. And, it, and the more that you know about how city government works and how those little details, the more frustrating it is when you see people online or something that's, that are saying things that are untrue because you're like, oh, I just wish I could you know, correct that. How difficult is that as an employee to just not want to jump into every conversation? Well, you only do that once or twice. And then you, <laughs> then you figure out, okay, I'm not doing that again. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's something very similar is, you know, everybody wants an HEB, right? Or we have a lot. What? Of, I've never heard that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and, and we have a lot of neighborhoods. Who, who, it's, it's, a, it's a food desert. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's a business. And so all these grocery stores will look at, will, will look at the densities and say, okay, if I spend, if I invest in this store, is there enough rooftops around it to support it? Uh, and is it nice for, you know, a small group of people? It's amazing, you know, but am I going to go, is it going to go down the tube? And that's why, unfortunately, it is, you know, HEB is very, very particular where they go, but also any grocery store chain, they, they have, you know, sometimes it's nothing personal, this is a business, but there's people sitting around the table that are looking at data that says, this is a good spot, this is not a good spot. Mm -hmm. They would love to have 100 good spots, but they're not all good spots. And, and unfortunately, if, it, if it's not gonna support it, is you know, you're just not gonna get that in. But that's where our, our economic development mm -hmm. team uh, is, is trying to do, do, do this and trying to do that. Because once you get some of these things to fall, now, now some of the grocery stores are going, okay, hey, let's, let's take another look at this. And then once the grocery store goes in, then the other things, it's like Epic. Epic yeah. Central is you look at Epic We Epic East, Epic West. Once once you see something that's starting to catch fire, then everybody wants to jump on. Mm -hmm. And and now you're looking at 161 completely blow up, but you start seeing Epic everywhere. You know, they just they took that because they see that that was kind of the that kind of started the fire and everybody wants to be part of that, you know, it's the fear of missing an opportunity and it's those kind of things. So uh, it's it's um, it, you you know we have a very important role, but also our, our economic development team has a very important role because some things you just have to get in place before and then all these things start to pile on and it starts to become a huge development. Yeah, and that was one thing that I feel like um, Rick Harold was always really good at and seems like he was really good at is you have those special personalities that are really good at like getting people really excited Absolutely. about something. and. That's not to be taken for granted or taken lightly because you make a good point. It's not that city government doesn't want to give the citizens the things that it wants. It's that how do you go about doing it where you're bringing in those people to be excited about the things and get them on board with the vision to see something that might not exist yet right. down the line. And that's that's harder than people really understand. And and then you have the, then when something blows up, you have the opposite end of like, oh my gosh, this is so quick, like breaks, breaks, you know, you like you go into a moratorium for apartment housing as an example, because then it's like, okay, this is really exciting that everybody's on board, but we need to kind of slow down because they're everywhere and we don't know how to control everything. So government is just one of those things that's like, it, it's, it's a, getting getting the excitement and then slowing them down and then constantly going back and forth between that that's that's tricky <laughs> well, it is and you know it's all about transparency also and any any of the boards and commissions are open to the public so anybody can sit in uh, we had a we had a gentleman uh, sat in on a park board meeting uh two three months ago and he was just sitting in the back just taking notes didn't it wasn't a citizen comment and when he got through he, he came up and introduced himself and he was he was a transplant from like Illinois. He's working for a, a sister city of ours here, and uh, he said, "I, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not happy where I am, and I'm, I want to get in the parks world, and so I'm just visiting and, and very inquisitive." But he just popped in, mm. um, and, and then you know the the, the city is very good about doing town hall meetings. Each each of the the, the council districts will, will throw one or two a year. And it's just a time for you to come and they'll, they'll do some presentations, but also some of the key departments are there. And it's a, it's a question and answer. That's when the public can say, why is there, why is the crime so high? Why is there a pothole in there? Or why is my park not being mowed? You know, it, it's, it's that where you have those, you have those, those, those city uh, departments there 
but as a taxpayer, you know, we're all held accountable and, and we can tell you what's going on. If we if we hear something that we hadn't heard before, it's like, hey, let's get together afterwards and, and we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. So we only have a few minutes left. Surprisingly, it's been almost an hour. I know people always are, whenever, whenever I have these interviews, they're like, oh my gosh, it didn't feel like it was that long. Uh, and there's a couple other things I could ask you about, but I'll ask you this. So you talked about traps, you talked about the statewide you know, things and then being a part of national. So being a part of those things, how do you feel like Grand Prairie is unique compared to maybe other places that you see? Or what are some of the things that we do uniquely that we, or problems we don't have that other cities might experience? Well, a, a couple, uh, it is, we're not conservative at all. And when I say that is we're not afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. uh, point in case, we, we did a, uh, a really, really cool festival uh, and it was it's called Indie Fest, uh, probably ten years ago, and it was a, it was a I'm a blame it on Rick. It was a, a Rick Carroll <laughs> brainstorm, and it was independent music, independent art, and independent um, movies. Mm -hmm. And and so that's the Denton in him. Yep. And, and so it was, it was it was downtown Grand Prairie, and there was an old Taco Bell that used to be down by where Subway is. Yes, yes. And, and we, we, we... Spent many an evening in there. Very we, uh, <laughs> we chose a really weird indie green. It was a green. And uh, that building in the next couple of months was going to be demoed. And so we, we took the glass out. We painted the whole building green. And that was the beer garden. And and we had two big stages. And we had the Uptown Theater was, was where we were doing the, the film. And then we had this art studio across the street. That, and it was just this big monitor was gonna be two or three days. And unfortunately we had like ten people show up. Uh. And because it was it was state fair, it was it was the weekend for the, the Red River Rival. It mm. was there was it just whatever reason. That that one weekend there was everything in the world. Uh, there were some big acts at, at, at Billy Bob's and it's just and it was just it was just huge bust. And of course it devastated because it looked fantastic. Now the, the artists still got awards, and, and of course, if you if you win any type of a, of a you know an independent film festival, or whatever you 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 clash or whatever. So we still we still did we still did the juried art, and we gave all these these updates out, and, and they ran with it, they loved it, um, and 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 it, we're just devastated, and and we uh, and we lost a lot of money, mm. uh, and you know it's like okay, well, he's getting tired of. <laughs> And, and the council just said, okay, it was a bust, but it looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. and, and we had fun while we were there. It's just, it was, but it was that kind of thing. It, it was, you're expected, you're expected to go big or go home. And Main so, Street Fest would be an example of something that went the opposite direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, so we are, we are very comfortable with being go big or go home. It's got to be a wow, and don't even waste our time. Right. The other thing that is very important is that I've noticed is working with with the other cities is um, the, the parks department itself is at odds mm. you know the, the parks people don't get along with the rec people and you know it's just you know, and, and Grand Prairie is just not that way and we get along with with our our, uh, our other departments extremely well we try all, every department loves to say yes because uh, again the only reason that, that anybody's coming to us to help is because they don't have the ability to do it themselves. And we, you know, parks needs streets and police and fire. We need all these departments to make ours go well. Mm. But also our, our city council all get along. Mm -hmm. They all, and everybody loves parks, we all love it. The, the, uh, the, the city manager gets along, all the city manager's office gets along with our council, the council all gets along with our parks board. It's just, there, there's, you don't have those in other cities where you have a couple of people that are just going to vote no every single time mm -hmm. is you know, they, they listen and everybody's on board uh, and, and to have and, and then to have the support of our citizens mm -hmm. when we do want to do something wild and crazy that they're going to say oh, you know we trust you yes yeah. we're going to vote that in and um and you, you've always said that, that you're going to you're going to make this successful and you're going to you're going to bring this across the finish line and, and so we have the trust of the citizens. So, and you don't have that. And, and, and all those are, are very unique um, that, that I've not seen. You know, every city has some of those, but when you put them all in one spot, it is just a, you know, we say it's a great place to, 
live worship him. That's exactly right. And as somebody that has grown up in the city, I never would have thought that the city would have looked like this whenever I was, you know, growing up in the 80s. And, you used to uh, have a bad reputation. We did used to have a bad reputation. And it's, it's really, really fun as a real estate agent because when I get to talk to other real estate agents in other cities, I'm always kind of shocked at how I'll say the things that we have here. And they're like, you do? You do? And, and it's, it's, it's a point of pride. And so, um, but I really appreciate you talking to me today. Yes, yes. And I just, I just want to say it's, it's, this is just so much fun to watch. It's so much fun to see everything that's happening here. And I'm just really excited for all the other fun stuff to come in the future because there's a lot. (laughs) We've got to get COVID out of the way and we're just back to hitting on all eight cylinders. Yeah, I'm ready for that just to be done. (laughs) So, but thanks. Have a great day. Anytime. Thank you. Uh